Ooh, the newest episode of Opening Weekend is here. Well, I'll have to listen to that on the way over to the Winchester. But before that, let's just see what's on the telly, shall we? From the Gulf of Mexico all the way to the Atlantic, we are tracking five tropical cyclones. Now to a violent arrest caught on cell phone video, two Florida police officers. Coronavirus cases are on the rise in at least 11 states. Will you commit to making sure that there is a peaceful transfer of power? Well, we're gonna have to see what happens. You know that I've been complaining. So what's the plan? Right, take car, go to Mum's, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all of this to blow over. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Coming soon. This summer. At theaters everywhere. Opening weekend. Read it R. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 19 of Opening Weekend. Oh, good God. We're almost up to 20. 20. Woo, over 20. And you're a real thing. You're kind of a podcast. Anyway, we're Opening Weekend, the podcast that travels back in time to revisit opening weekends of the past and revel in that other great American pastime, going to the movies with our friends. I'm Jason O'Connell, and I am once again joined by my dear friends Fred Berman and Dan Matisa. And this week, we make our first trip to the aughts, specifically September 24th, 2004. And the three major releases of that weekend... First Daughter, starring Katie Holmes and Michael Keaton, The Forgotten, starring Julianne Moore and Dominic West, and the modern-day horror comedy classic Shaun of the Dead, directed by Edgar Wright and starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. But before we dive into the week's films, Fred and Dan, where were you guys in September of 2004? This was uh, first of all good. Good evening, gentlemen. Good, good evening. So oh, good, good evening to, to you. See you. It's always good to see you. Um, the uh, aughts. Oh my God, the aughts. This was now. I don't know if you remember this. We're all actors. That's not what I'm asking you to remember. I remember. I don't know it. if you remember this gig that I had around this time. I got a cruise ship gig, and I started like going around. The world, yes, on a I cruise ship. This. It was nuts. It was when did you start this? Nuts. Later in the fall, right? I did one in '03, and mm-hmm. I did one, I think, in '04. Um, maybe we beginning, had, maybe beginning of 05. It, it, was, yeah. all, it was all during this time. It was yeah. all yeah. around. It was definitely during 05 because you surprised me on my bachelor party. Which was because I got married in May of 2005 and the ruse and Jason, who was best man and you were one of my groomsmen, Dan, and the ruse was you weren't going to be there. I couldn't make it back from the ship. You were on the ship and then you, you, but he, but we do have a stripper, Jason said. And the surprise was, (laughs) who was my stripper? It was Dan. Yeah. Gyrating on my lap to journey. I had pasties. I had the whole schmear, and you, you, you pull with your teeth. Pulled a pasty off of my nipple. I uh, did. I chipped a tooth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but that was yeah. That was coming back from one of these gigs. Mm-hmm. But I started going back and forth to this cruise ship with this uh, uh, very nice, uh, very good six star. Uh, cruise company, Crystal Cruises, and six they, were, they were great. Six star gentlemen, it was a six star service. A six Sheila cruise ship. It was a six out of six Sheila cruise <laughs> wow. ship. Um, and uh, I got to go to uh, 
um, South America and the Caribbean. And I went through the Panama Canal. Oh and then God. I went around and then I did another one where I went around the world and we started in uh uh, LA and we went to, I went through the, I went to the pyramids. I went to the Hobbit land, which was in, uh, which That's they called still New Zealand. had in the, yes. In New Zealand. They <laughs> it's not called it. Hobbit land. No, they prefer it. They prefer it. Uh, the, uh, no, they actually still have all of the, a lot of the set there. I hear it's and really you, cool. You can go and be with a with a with a hobbit and be with their not be with a hobbit, but you could be near ho- where where hobbit. Where, what are the where fictional I, places did you go to <laughs> on your on this quote unquote cruise? Were you in Narnia? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was Tatooine. Uh, the- <laughs> Hogwarts. <laughs> Fortress of Solitude. Places. I'm starting to think the cruise never happened for some reason. And I just spent 03, 04, and 05 drunk. Um, Wearing pasties, gyrating on <laughs> that's right, various bachelor's to. laps. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, we went to the... Uh, the pyramids, which was crazy. We went to a crew to a, uh, a laser show that was at the pyramids. They had like a laser show. Like you go to a Pink Floyd laser show. It was like, like laser that. Zeppelin. Yeah, it was like laser Zeppelin projected onto the pyramids, the, the actual pyramids. Holy it was crazy. And As had, if of the course, pyramids big- aren't interesting enough to look <laughs> at. <laughs> Jason, exactly. It's like, you can't just sit and enjoy the fucking pyramids. You have to have a laser show with it. Cause you're that bored. Unbelievable. Oh. And of course they have a giant buffet there as you're watching that everywhere you mm-hmm. go on the ship, a buffet follows you around. Uh, where else did we go? We went to Vietnam and we went to uh, mm. Thailand and we went to all these, all these crazy places and, and, oh uh, uh, and then a, a bunch of places. Much more exciting in, 2004 than I did. Yeah, I know. I know. This was a very exciting time for me. We went to, I went to Venice. It was all these cool places. And uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you one thing. Tell me. You'll, you'll remember this forever. What happens at sea? Stays at sea. That's all you got to know. That's all you got to know. It's all wild right. times out there. You're going to tell us anything juicy is what you're saying. Well, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you. Did you fuck a hobbit? What happened? Oh, you can tell us. Did you, did, you fuck, did, you, did you fuck that hobbit? Did you fuck the hobbit? Did you fuck a hobbit again? Uh, <laughs> you got in the Shire? Uh, there, there and back again? <laughs> The desolation of what now? God, we're we're nerds. You had a nice set of baggins. You you have. When are we doing those movies? We got to do those. Um, uh, And so this was an exciting time, but it was also a little bit. I got to make it bittersweet. You know, I do. It was a little bit of a. It's a little bit of a lonely time. Cause I'm mm. out there. I mean, I have my castmates and made some friends out there, but you know, it, it going around, going around the world, seeing all these wonderful things, going to like Venice and stuff. You want to do that with someone. You want to do it with someone you love. And I wasn't out. I was. I wasn't mm-hmm. out there with uh, that person. And so, uh, you know, the the you, you know, I, my my dream is to go is to do that all over again, but as a vacation and with my wife so that I have someone to share all those memories with. You know what I mean? Because that's what that was the one thing that sort of brought me down. And it's why I didn't do it again, quite frankly, because it's like it's it's actually, you know, wonderful to see all these things, but I want to share it with a love with someone I love. You're right. You You don't want to sit alone at laser skinnered at the pyramids. (laughs) (laughs) You want you want to be able to reach your arm around and say, yes, Tuesday's gone with the wind. No, you want Taylor right there beside you to say, this is stupid. What? <laughs> Ew. Exactly. Fred, where were you? What, what were you doing? You were traveling around the world. 
Jeez, I was in Jersey in 2004. Ah. That's what I was doing in September. No, I was doing... The glamorous life. Yeah. <laughs> well, sort of in an up. I wasn't traveling around the world, but I did have that special someone. Because I was uh, I was about to get married. I was yeah. about eight months away from getting married. So I was living down in Tribeca with my fiance, now wife Kate. And we were preparing Yay. the wedding. And I was... Rehearsing, I was deep in rehearsals for a show, the Paper Mill Playhouse in Jersey of, of the, the I Sing. We yeah. saw you in that. Right, so I was doing that. You and were the French guy in that. I was the French yeah. ambassador. You were it was very a, funny. Thank you. That it was, was a blast. Funny. And, and a very, was it was funny. a very unexpected surprise because I did not want to do it. I just, I was doing the show, The Normal Heart at the Public. And yes. that was right before. It's and it so closed good. very suddenly. It was a very big disappointment. We were supposed to go to Broadway. It was all this stuff. And <sighs> the very next day after, I mean, we literally got the call Tuesday morning saying, hey, tonight's your last show. Wow. What the God. fuck? Yeah, it just, it closed suddenly. And I went in and, and auditioned for it. And I just, I was, I, I don't know. I didn't know anything about the musical. I wasn't as, ex I wasn't excited to, do it, but I thought, well, it's 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 a job, and and Tina Landau is directing it, who's a wonderful theater director. She just oh, did yeah. SpongeBob on Broadway. But anyway, all that being said, it ended up being an absolute blast. I had so much fun. It was so unexpected. It was such a crazy fun role that in the beginning I just thought, what what I don't know what this is, and then it ended up being a blast. You know, I didn't know much about Maury Reiskin, and I I never I was never a Marx Brothers fan before. I grew up, I, Abbott and Costello was my thing growing up, but I never watched the Marx Brothers. I never watched Three Stooges. So Tina set up the rehearsal rooms. There were just pictures of the Marx Brothers everywhere. Mm. And it was sort of her way of saying, this is what we're going for. Cause, cause Moira Reiskin wrote, um, uh, several of their movies, Night at the Opera and, um, Animal Crackers and a few more. Cool. So I was like, okay, well, I don't really know what I'm doing with this role and I don't know what's going on. So let me check out, let me sort of immerse myself in the March brothers. And I became obsessed. And mm -hmm. I remember Kate and I watching, we watched night at the opera first. And it was just one of those moments. I thought, Oh my God, what have I missed my entire life? Right. Yeah. It was, so it was great. So that's <laughs> like, you know, I have so many wonderful memories of that show, but it really, I found my love and appreciation of the March brothers by doing it. Do we have a Marx brothers? If we were the, who would be who? I feel like we have a little Ooh. bit of a Marx Brothers because there's three of us, and that's really the only yeah. reason. Fred would be Groucho, you're Harpo, and uh, Chico. Really? Oh, see, I would think that you'd be Groucho. I I'd think be Chico. you're Groucho, Jason. I think I'm Chico, and I think uh, Dan is Zeppo. I'm more of a. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I'm. Which one of us I, is Gumbo? No, Dan's <laughs> Bilbo. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> Bilbo Marx. Jojo and uh, Coco. Coco from fame. Coco Love. Coco Love. Oh, no, Coco I meant the, the gorilla. gorilla. The gorilla. Oh. One of us can be Coco the gorilla, Coco from fame, and <laughs> Coco Puffs. Yeah. And Cuckoo for Coco Puffs. Cuckoo for Coco Puffs. Um, oh, all right. Yeah. Okay, I guess. Oh, all right. I don't know. No, I, I think, think, it, I think if we were be, doing, you've done we could room all be service, Groucho. right? Fred? You could be Groucho. I did, yes, I, I did do room service. And, and that's I played based the, I, on I, that. that. Yeah, I played the Chico role in that. You were the okay, was right, right, right. I saw you yeah. in that. I said, so, you I said, were Chico. I'm so stupid. You're so stupid. Corina, Chico, Chico. I can't believe you're doing a film podcast. Richard, Richard Mazur. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 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 what were your odds doing? Still don't. Oh, mine. I well. <laughs> what, what, here's the, here's where I'm going to contradict 
Dan's whole Go thing. Ahead. I remember being with you all through this time, Dan. So I don't think you were on the okay, ship. Okay, am yet I in the wrong point. year? You might be. Well, we we had you just like done- Julianne Moore in The Forgotten. <gasps> <gasps> My whole 2004 Fred. is forgotten. Fred is, Fred is constantly thinking of the segues. <laughs> even when it's not, it might not even be time for a segue. Not even time. And he's like, he's just got one. They're just bubbling forth, and he's like, "This is a good one." So yeah, so uh, 2004. We were together so, during this. Well, we were together. I know we were together right before and right after this because we were lovers. No, I remember yes. that we. We had we had and done that's Richard why it's the, forgotten. We had done Richard the Third together. I played Richard the Third in Nebraska this oh, bit, hang on. That's in the summer. 04 is yeah. Richard the Third. Yeah, okay. that was July of 04. Oh, then I went the to Sarasota year. for the first time and I did um a play called Ten Unknowns at Florida Studio Theater in Sarasota and Lovely Loved that theater. experience, and then is that what you had to do the South trip. African accent? Yep, I had to learn this. I had to, and, and I, I remember, just, and I and I, I had no idea how to do a South African accent. I played this art dealer, South African art dealer, and I for the audition, I um, I was like, and I was looking online at this point. You know, the internet was a a different landscape, and everything sure. wasn't. <laughs> there was, I mean, I was doing these searches to try to find anything, any clues I could find about doing a South African accent, and. Finally, you somebody find the guy who just does like, diplomatic immunity. That guy. Well, that's exactly what I did. That, Are you kidding people, me? I no, said that as a joke. Said, no, people said. <laughs> I told you that. I remember I like, saying that. I was uh, like, the only thing I can think of is Lethal Weapon Two. I can only think of the villain two. from from Lethal Weapon Two. Diplomatic immunity. I would do. I would do searches online. I would go to chat rooms about accents and actors, and the response was constantly, honestly, just just. Watch Lethal Weapon Two. That's probably. Oh, for God's sake! I and said I was that like, as a joke. That's I was hilarious. Like, I, was, I was like, that's kind of the only thing I know. They're like, that's great. Just rent it and watch it again. <laughs> and I did. And there were like seven different South African accents. Every every South African character had a different kind of accent. Went in, auditioned, whatever. Got got the thing. Then then while I was there in Florida, met people after the show. Like my 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 husband was from South Africa. Are you from Are you South African? I'm like, no. Like you're oh, your accent's so very good. So you nailed like, it. I did okay for for basing it on Lethal Weapon Two. <laughs> Some nights I sounded like Joe Pesci. I was I mean, gonna say you probably shouldn't have listened to Pesci. <laughs> <laughs> that is a crazy um, accent, I have to say. It's yeah. very Afrikaans. Yeah, I have a lot of tricky. South African friends, and it's it's ah, wow. Yes. It's it's all over the place, depending on you know. I haven't done it in so long. Yeah, you'll, you'll notice I'm not attempting it right now as an example. I'm like, it ain't going to sound good now after you know, 15 years or whatever. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I did that show. And then I was in Astoria living with you, Dan. And you may have been in and out or on gigs and stuff. But I know we did that show. We did Richard the Third together in the summer. And then this was our 80s Halloween party was coming up in October. Oh, so, fantastic. You know, the, where you were Magnum P.I., Fred was the greatest American hero, and I was Zach. Galligan uh, toting a uh, little gizmo <laughs> in my knapsack. So I know we were together in the summer and again at Halloween. So I don't think, I don't think you were on the ship right at, you know, at okay. this time possibly, but maybe right no, after. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Halloween. I just associate um, the early aughts with ship life, but yeah, you're you right. did too bad. You did too, like on either side of this, I guess. So yeah, that's why. yeah, but, that's um, what it was. But that, yeah, Nebraska Shakespeare was where we were, and we mm-hmm. did Richard III and Merry Wives of Windsor. We were in right. out there. We did that and together, that and that was big, very fun. That was at very, that very time, fun. that was the biggest uh, uh, audience I had ever performed for. 
because yeah, that yeah. was a free festival or a pay what you can or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And there were it was free. thousands of people. It was an outdoor like, space on the, a university campus and it was like, it formed a natural amphitheater. Like the, the stage was at the yeah, base of like this, a scoop. this big hill and people would lay out blankets and lawn chairs and you could, on a Saturday night, you'd get like 5,000 people some, sometimes, yeah. you know, and I think that Easily. was the, this, this period of time, I, I had a, a, a day job that I was doing, like that was at a PR firm that uh, whenever I wasn't away out of town on a gig, I could come back and go to that job. And I was really, this is before I ever heard of an unemployment insurance or that I could collect it or anything like that. And so I really, I needed my, my day job whenever I was back in New York. And I lost that job this September. I came back from Florida and they were like, we can't use you anymore. And I remember the day they told me they couldn't use me. I had, I, I wouldn't have known to call it a panic attack, but I had these chest pains that woke me up the next morning. I just had all this anxiety, but I didn't know that's what it was. And I, I remember thinking this has got to be because I'm stressed about my financial situation and some other stuff going on personally. Why didn't you come stuff. knock on my bedroom door and I would have held you and, and I caressed know you, you would have, but no, I didn't tell anybody you. about it. I didn't tell anybody about it. I was like, I didn't hear you I remember this the, for the first time. The first day I was like, I was like, this is, this has got to be what they call a panic attack. This has got to be anxiety. Really. Oh my God. But then I would like notice that like, no matter what, whether I was in good mood, bad mood, happy, distracted, whatever, that I would get seized with these sharp pains and it didn't hmm. matter what I, you know what I mean? It wasn't like it was connected to a moment of anxiety. It would just happen. I thought I have some sort of a problem. I have a heart problem. And finally, after like, it was almost, must've been almost two months because it was sometime in October. In fact, I remembered at our Halloween party, I still, I, I had a couple of these pains. I can remember like being outside of our house, letting somebody in or something and having the pain and being like, shit. So it must've been like in November or something of this year, I finally went to like the free Al Hirschfeld actors yeah, clinic right. and I went and saw a yeah, doctor yeah. and and I was like, I don't know. I think there might be something wrong or whatever. He just asked me a few questions. You know, he listened to my, you know, did, you know, the stethoscope and so asked me a couple questions. And I was like, well, you know, talking about a relationship I was in, talking about my job thing, talking about, he was like, yeah, yeah, you're fine. He's like, there's, there's nothing wrong with your heart. You know? And I was like, you sure? He's like, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I was like, you don't want to take a picture or something? He was like, well, it'll last longer, but no, I don't need to take a picture. No. Well, at and the, the I mean, Hirschfeld <laughs> clinic, they do a line drawing of your heart. <laughs> I was like, is this, a, is it, wouldn't an x-ray be better? They're like, no, 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 we get the general. How many Ninas do you see in your arteries? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. The more Ninas, the worse you the are. The worse you are. No, he said, and so this doctor said that, said, no, you're fine. And then I never had, I never felt it again. Literally from that moment, I left that place and I was like, oh. It wow. was totally psychosomatic. But, but wow. sometimes, sometimes that's all you need to hear. Yeah, right. sometimes well, you it. literally just need to go and have someone say, you "No, you're you're not dying," and yeah. then it just all goes away. It's like, oh, okay, great. It's yeah. it's almost like your ailment was completely forgotten by the first daughter <laughs> somehow. <laughs> I'm segueing. There you go, Dan. Oh, Se- is so that a good, good segue? That was a great segue. Uh-huh. Samantha McKenzie is America's princess. It's your time. She has fame. Look, there she is. She has glamour. Imagine what it's like to have your whole life picked out for you. And she lives in the most famous house in the world. Made it myself. 
Depp, you're the president. Okay, I had that cake made myself. Katie Holmes. I thought I finally found someone who'd like me for me. Well, how do you know those feelings for you weren't real? This fall. I felt like I knew myself for the first time. Did you love him? I loved who I got to be with him. That's what I thought. When love is meant to be, nothing can stand in the way. First daughter. What a man. Samantha McKenzie, played by Katie Holmes, is the college-bound daughter of the U.S. president, played by Michael Keaton. However, Samantha begins to resent the omnipresence of the Secret Service detail that has been assigned to her and decides she wants to attend school like a quote-unquote normal student. Her father agrees to recall the majority of agents, but secretly assigns James, played by Mark Blucas, to pose as a student and protect Samantha while undercover. As you might expect, Samantha and James fall in love but their romance is jeopardized when she learns his true identity. First Daughter was based on a screenplay by Jerry O'Connell, which would have seen him take on the Secret Service agent's role, and was, as of now, the last film directed by actor Forrest Whitaker, who also helmed Waiting to Exhale and Hope Floats in the 90s. First Daughter was a critical failure and a box office flop, taking in only $4 million over its opening weekend, en route to a $9 million domestic total, and $10.6 million worldwide. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think of First Daughter? It was bland. Mm. Bland. Mm. I found the whole movie bland. Now, I will say this. I mean, Katie Holmes is lovely. You know, she's very... Oh, yeah. but she's, I, she, like she, she's, yeah. I like her. I like her, too. I but I just found the movie to be bland. I, first of all, I was oh, yeah. shocked that it was Forrest Whitaker. It seems so I know. strange right. to me. But I guess, but Hope Floats was a romantic comedy as well. And, but this and Waiting just to seemed, Exhale, too. I mean, it's funny. Like, yeah. the, the few films that he's made. And he's done a lot of television as well. I didn't know he directed. I was shocked. I had no I idea either. either. So I thought it was so funny. This doesn't seem like it was like his, you know, a, a story I would have thought he would be no, telling. But, right. yeah, all his films tend to be It was very much a fairy tale or at least... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, which yeah. is great. You know, it just it it, awesome. it was just a surprise. But you know, it was not. You know, when it started, you're like, okay, they're trying to make a modern day fairy tale, and that was. I, I liked the beginning. I thought the beginning was was was, was lovely. Cute. The opening. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I, when they, he's narrating, that's him yeah, narrating. Yeah. That's him narrating. Yeah, and but I'm. <laughs> it's funny. I I watched it and. I was like, okay, it's it's okay. It's not my thing. I was enjoying it for the most part. There were a lot of things I didn't understand. I didn't get why. I didn't buy the media coming down on her so hard. I was like, first of all, they they just the media can be you know awful, but I don't think they would come down on the the president's <laughs> daughter like that. And they kept talking about how poorly she dressed, which made no sense to me. And like, she dresses fine. She just doesn't. Yeah. You know, she, she you're just not remembering how you dressed in 04, I think I, I think this was. <laughs> You're, you know, this part of you is forgotten. And now I, the forgotten. Now we move on to Julian. keep Moore trying to segue. And Dominic West's <laughs> accent. Anyway, but back to First Daughter. So I watched, I started to watch it. And then I actually, I fell asleep. I was watching it the other oh, night because I, I did not see this dude, when it came out. I should preface it with sign. that. I completely fell asleep. And I even thought, I remember, I thought to myself today, maybe I just won't finish. Maybe I'll just, just cop to it and be like, guys, I didn't finish it. Oh, I didn't finish watching it. So, can, you know, I, yeah, and I just thought, um, but then I, you know, a couple of hours ago before I started recording, I said, no, 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 no I got to go back. I got to watch it. So I started to watch it and it was right at the point where it's spoiler, the hunky boyfriend is actually revealed to be a secret service agent. And I actually gasped and I thought, oh, I, did I didn't too. 
I didn't see that coming. Oh, thought, you're, are you kidding me? I did not no, see that coming either. I, I had no it idea was, it was going to be. I saw it coming when he was introduced. I no, just turned to Taylor. Nope. I was like, he's Secret Service. No, never. I didn't and see I it, it either. A, I thought it was a great oh, twist. for the uh, love. Me and too. I wrote down. Yeah. I thought it was a great twist. It totally took me by surprise. Now, it shouldn't have. You're right, Dan. It should not have. <laughs> but it did take uh, me by surprise. Yeah. I thought it was great. I did not and think I really he was thought. Service. So I, I perked up and I, I thought, thought he was like the Russian president's son or something when it was like, you know, he was like, I'm a little uncomfortable being here at this uh, big gala at the white i was like what is his deal is he like some is he a spy is he something that you know like oh see that would have been interesting that would have been been interesting but i so i was surprised when he was secret but i immediately when that happened i thought oh oh i'm so glad that i i didn't cop out and then i am you know (laughs) continuing to watch this movie which is my job as you know one of the hosts of this podcast to do (laughs) good for you i don't know i thought it was fine but i just it, it, it missed so many marks, I thought. I thought it just could have been so much more interesting. Here's okay. the thing. You could, we've had like things like The American President or Dave. I mean, there are like That's what comedies, I presidential comedies that yeah. have wit and style and are actually very compelling, but they're also like little Capra-esque fantasies. And, it could, you know, it could yes. have been that kind of thing. So there's a way to do this and have it be have it sparkle more than they, so so yeah i i agree with you completely fred now here's when i fell asleep um <laughs> this is the first movie we've watched uh, for this where i fell asleep watching the movie me too i slept all the way through it and then well and i i i, I will say i fell asleep later than you did. i fell asleep after <laughs> Like they call her back like you, you're not going to college. No, you're going to be on the campaign trail with us. It's re-election time. And when she's like kind of has the dead eyes and she's wearing the sunglasses like she's Jackie O, like right after <laughs> Kennedy's funeral or something. And it's like, oh, all the light is drained out of Katie Holmes. I fell asleep somewhere around there. And when I woke up, the movie was done. And uh, Amazon was telling me I needed to pay another $4 to rent it again. So no. I made the decision no. not to watch the end because I was not going to pay to watch it again. So I instead, I said, I'm going to guess what the ending is and then see if I'm right. So I made two guesses wait, and then I wait, looked wait. up what the actual ending was. Um, my guesses are better than what the ending was. <laughs> I tried to get, uh, I mean, they're very simple. They're not very complicated. She crashes my, Air Force One. That was your my, first guess? My first guess was the guy's going to quit Secret Service, show up, be like, look, I, I, I'm not going to, you're you're more important than my dream, blah, blah, That's blah, That's what blah. I thought. Or I thought it was going to be a more dramatic ending and he was going to save both her and Michael Keaton from assassination. And then he's like, yeah, he did real good. All right, now well, I'm going to do this. <laughs> Purple Heart or whatever the fuck I give people who save people like me. And then, uh, you know, here's my daughter. You know, I thought it was going to be something like here's that. Here's my daughter. Here's two questions I have. Okay. Number one. Did they ever hear of a position on the writing team called the punch-up man or punch-up woman? <laughs> this is a person who's specifically hired once the plot is sketched out and once the once the uh once the uh you know the this first draft or second draft of the screenplay comes in to punch up the script and make it funny wait you didn't think yeah. the whole joke about putting a little boogie in the tissue oh boy you didn't think that was a funny joke please leave this podcast <laughs> 
Oh yeah, I had please that show down. Your, these... Please show yourself out. There's no, there's no, no jokes. There's no jokes. There's no. no, no jokes. This was a teen rom com without the com part. Mm-hmm. There's no joke. I mean, it's that's that's a different diagnosis than this isn't funny. There's no jokes. Yeah, they didn't write jokes. It's just no. lighthearted. You know, it's lighthearted instead of a comedy. And you could have done that. You could have made this funny. You really yeah. could have. There were so many. There were so many great setups for comedy. The um, second question I have is, why did I? Why was I crying in the last third of this movie? It did affect me because you were still awake. You were the it only did. one of us who was still awake. <laughs> when he hurts her feelings and she's so wounded by it, I saw it coming. I knew what was going to happen, but and yet. I think it's the way she plays it. It's, like you said before, Katie Holmes is just so eminently likable and she is, uh, you know, she lights up the screen and you just really do mm. feel for her. Even though the first two thirds of the movie, I didn't feel for her at all or I couldn't, I wasn't letting myself or something like that. Cause I was like, you are a human with no real actual problems. I'm sorry. Yeah, you only think you have problems, you. but then it gets, you know, th- then you sort of get a little further and deeper into it. But then the thing happens to her and you go, oh man, she didn't, she didn't deserve that. And she's actually playing it beautifully and kind of subtly. And she's not, you know, uh, no, she was uh, great. She, you know, I, I wrote down that rails. her reaction to that was, was really lovely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was really lovely. And I started to well up and I'm going, oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me. This movie's getting me now. I just think I'm uh, I'm I'm just elderly and sentimental and sappy. and I'm starting to lose it because this movie <laughs> should not have gotten me in any way, shape or form. It's not a good movie, but yet uh, it tugged at my damn heartstrings. Well, uh, and I just I, 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 I can watch it. a Hallmark movie and I can like, you know, I know it's not good and like be moved. But you know what I mean? Like it's I know. things have the I power know. to move you and they're not necessarily great. art. You do it's feel just, bad you know, for her. I, I mean, obviously, in the scene, I feel when she, really bad for her. Yeah. And the scene where she goes down to the kitchen towards the end and she's she has the cake and she's expecting that her dad's going to come down mm-hmm. and it's not him. Yeah. You know, I feel a lot of sympathy. I just wish they, I don't know. I, I, I wish they had a bit, and maybe that's not the point because it was a fairy tale. I was going to say, I wish they had a little bit more, had some more balls in, in where it went and if you're going to explore that loneliness and really explore it and go for it. But, you know, they they wanted to make it a fairy tale, and that was, and they set that up right from the beginning. So, you know, and they, right. they which they is hold funny the that they don't that. end it like a traditional uh, fairy tale. No, I was reading they something end that it with back to reality, I guess. That, yeah. that Roger Ebert, um, when he reviewed it, he was like, you know, if you're going to do this kind of thing, why? why rob us of the satisfaction of the ending that right. we're kind of expecting he's like it yeah. ends on why this muted note yeah. you know and yeah. uh right which again i didn't see it so oh. i'm just i'm just i'm just hearing about it from all you guys i'm like i'm, I'm like a listener no, of the did. podcast right now tell me guys yeah. what happened <laughs> it did end with a fizzle but but you know i didn't hate the ending i i actually went the other way on like the 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 paparazzi in the tabloid press. I thought it would have been more. I thought they would have been on her even more with the way she would, like the way they were on the Bush daughters when they would go out and party and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but, that, you know? but that's the difference though. But here's the thing. Mm. If you're going to do that, then presenter is someone who's really, who's really rebelling and A who's wild really child. saying the wild child. She was so well put together and well-dressed. So that's why when Joan Rivers and her daughter is like, what is she wearing? I was like, no, right, that's, that's you're, you're pushing it. made no sense. You're, that's you're, just you're the sort it. of, yeah, no, that made no sense. But like when she's dancing a la Coyote Ugly up on the thing and then she has another sort of, 
uh, uh, moment that they that they take a lot of pictures of her at a party or something like that. And, and, you know, and it makes all these headlines. I was like, at first, each time things like that happen, I was like, no one's seeing this. No one's taking pictures. Of course, I'm seeing it through the 2020 lens when everyone mm. would have their cell phone out. True, but this yeah. is pre that. God, is there anything I, since I didn't see it, there's not much more for me to <laughs> say, but uh, any, anything else needs to be said on this point or can we move no, on to, I'm, I'm going to give it three Sheila's and move on. That's it. Ah, very, go good, very good. Very good. I now? will go 4.5 because it got me. It ultimately did get me. And I, 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 I never paid any mind to Katie Holmes until then. I don't even know that I've seen her in another movie. What are that, other Batman movies? Begins. She's been? Batman begins. You've seen her in Batman begins. Oh, see, I don't, I, I don't, that movie I've forgotten. What Did else you see she Go? Been? She was in that movie Go. I oh, yeah. love Go. I love yeah. Go. And Great actually movie. I was thinking about it last week when we were talking about movies with disparate stories of, of teenage characters. The Ice Storm. Yeah, I it's love like that movie. That. Pieces of April. She was uh, very good. Oh, right. oh yeah. the Ice Storm. Didn't yeah. see it. Ice Storm. Didn't see it. No, I think she's Creek. good. She gets this, Didn't she gets this it. weird rap, I, I guess, after she married... Tom Cruise once thing, she yeah. got together with Tom Cruise that I remember that her from the supposed you know whatever the the perceived ridiculousness of that or 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 I don't know what you want to say about their relationship I, I but there was something about in that moment of cultishness of time, yeah Scientology well, it just kind of, cult well it, it all of a sudden it made her not a good actor in people's minds like as if she was completely incompetent because she no. you know she lowered herself to that i i don't know that's what it felt like because it was like oh, as yeah, soon as she as soon as they were an item first of all she didn't make many movies after that it was very mm. few and far between mm -hmm. and all of a sudden she was just i guess because she became kind of a punchline because the relationship became a punchline the estimation of her acting <sighs> kind of dropped off. And it's funny. And I say Batman Begins. Yeah. I think she's very I think she's very good in Batman Begins. I have zero problem with her. And I actually think she's stronger mm. than Maggie Gyllenhaal in the same role. You know, when Maggie Gyllenhaal takes over in Dark Knight. Oh, I don't she find takes her any, over for her. I don't uh -huh. think she's any more likable or any more effective in that role huh. of no. Rachel Dawes than Katie Holmes was. But I think because Maggie Gyllenhaal is perceived as a better actress with a stronger pedigree like people would constantly they're like bend over backwards to be like oh well thank god katie holmes isn't in it anymore thank god it's i was like she's not doing anything so spectacular or so much better than right than 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 uh, katie holmes would have oh, done right. so yeah i i think she gets a bad rap in general and uh and i'd love to see her make more of a comeback and maybe she is i don't know i haven't seen her in anything in a long time but i like her if only she had been cast in Shaun of the Dead. And now we segue. See how I do it? See? I just say We've the name totally of the movie. forgotten to talk about The Forgotten. <laughs> I saved him. Good job. Thank you. Sam! Sam! Sam Ferrara, do you know him? Where is my son? Deli, he never had a son. Sometimes some people actually invent entire alternate lives with imagined friends, with imagined families, and children. Stop it! Why are you doing this? Why him up? Ash, please. Do you remember me? We have never met. I do not know you. Lauren and Sam were friends. I never had a kid. This was your daughter's room. Wait! I remember! I remember! Julianne Moore is Telly Peretta. <laughs> Which sounds like 
<laughs> the name of a character from a 70s crime show. Wow. Uh, Jack 2. <laughs> Telly Pareda on the case. No. <laughs> Julianne Moore is Telly Pareda, a grieving mother struggling to cope with the loss of her nine-year-old son. She's stunned when her psychiatrist, played by Gary Sinise, and her husband, played by Anthony Edwards, reveal that she has created nine years of memories about a son she never had. But when she meets a man who has had a similar experience, played by Dominic West, Telly embarks on a search to prove both her son's existence and her own sanity. The Forgotten made $21 million over its opening weekend on its way to a domestic total of $67.1 million and a worldwide total of $117.6 million. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think of The Forgotten? You, you tell me this movie came out? Like this was a movie that came out. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It I have no, I've never heard of this uh, in I'm, my I'm life. S- same thing. I, I saw it in the theaters when it came out. You're fucking kidding me. No, you seriously? I saw, you I did? saw it in the theater. Yeah. I've never heard of this thing. And I love Julianne Moore. And I yeah. like a lot of the other actors in this. I've never heard of this in my life. I feel like this just completely. It just, it, so you're saying it's not. If this had come out today, it would be like a straight to video. Right. Because it, I mean, it's completely or it would be under like, the radar. Um, yeah, or it's like one of those Blumhouse things. It's like one of those like those millions right. of like scare, right. a- Annabelle the doll or like some scare. It's like one of those like, you know, these movies that are yeah. like kind of vaguely thing. scary and they just churn them out usually in the winter and spring, you know, like. The, this the felt days. very churned out. Um, I didn't, yeah. uh, I, I couldn't, you know, I, I, I couldn't hook in. I feel like, you know, I'll watch Julianne Moore eat crackers. She's fantastic. I love her. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't care what she's what she's doing. I'll I'll watch it. But this thing, you know, I just kept uh kept going when it when are we going to not be in a place in this movie where she's trying to convince someone that her memories are real? Okay, we're about 45 minutes in before we're at that zone. Mm-hmm. Then it's just them on the run from the authorities and that's the rest of the movie is mm-hmm. them on the run and then we get you know a an ending battle i guess we can call mm-hmm. it like a battle of her mind versus the the mind of the whatever i don't even know what that what that is or what they are or what they wanted what, or what Linus they were trying Roach, to do yeah. But yeah, is that aliens or something or scrolls or I don't know what the fuck they are. That's what Kate said. Kate was like, oh, they're like the scrolls. I was like, they might as well be. I have no idea what these things are. Like, it's a very late in the game kind of thing where you're like. I thought you said squirrels. No, (laughs) the scrolls. That would have been a great movie. They could be be space squirrels. They could be squirrels. (laughs) That would have been a great movie. And she's and they're like, we just want the acorns. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Just hand over the acorns. I can't remember the acorns. They're forgotten. You have to remember them. The, uh, yeah, I didn't, uh, and the Dominic West character, you know, I, uh, were they, were they trying to continually in the movie hint at these two are going to get together? Because she all she forgets about her husband awful quick. That's who was forgotten in this. Her, her long relationship and marriage to her husband, played by Anthony Edwards. Well, he's he forgets a, her too. Yeah, I know. They erase but his if memory. You, if Taylor 
one day forgot me utterly, completely. I would be doing anything I could to like, you know what I mean? And vice versa, I would hope, you know, and it's like she she's just like, well, he's a lost cause. I guess I'll hang with you, Dominic West. I haven't had no use for his whole character, really. Although the one truly affecting moment for me in the whole movie that was kind of like was the moment where he where it clicks for him that he had a daughter, right? Because that's the whole thing is that uh, yeah. Julianne Moore is looking for somebody who empathizes, yeah. who understands. When when he, re- because she's, this memory has been kind of, it's the opposite of a memory being wiped. She has this memory that everybody's saying is not real. You made this kid up, whatever. That's she knows deep down. That's very interesting. And deep, yep. she knows deep down, no, it's too real. It's too real. This can't be something manufactured. And then, Dominic West's character is supposedly the father of another child who uh, the the idea is that the story is that the the children went on a uh, got on a flight to go to a camp and six children from Brooklyn died or disappeared in a, a plane crash. And so Dominic West's daughter was one of those kids. Now, he doesn't seem to have any recollection of this daughter and she's trying to convince him. And there's this moment where the, the memory starts sweeping and flooding him and his his reaction, his his visceral reaction to that i found very powerful and yeah moving. that was, very, that was, that the was most, a great moment that was a yeah. great moment and that was like it was very potent and it was the thing that <laughs> it was the only thing that i needed from him <laughs> yeah, i, I mean, like dominic of, west i mean right. his, his his american <laughs> accent is always shy. i mean i loved him on the wire mm. uh that was fun to see him and uh robert wisdom who played bunny they were i don't know if you guys watched the wire i don't all. know the wire mm-hmm. oh yes, my so. god okay so let's Let's get off the podcast and go watch the. I wire. know everybody okay. says that. Let's start a new yeah. podcast called "Watching the Wire." Watching <laughs> the Wire will do that. Yeah, uh, but the same thing with that. You watch that. He, he's he's. I I think he's wonderful in it, but his accent's all over the place. When he gets uh, emotional, he goes back yeah. to his British uh, sounds. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. It was it was a such a strange movie because I, yeah. I like you guys. I mean, I had no. I did. It existed. I too yeah. love Julianne Moore. I actually rode an elevator with Julianne Moore years ago. She had just given birth to one of her children. And in the elevator? She, <laughs> in the elevator. It was like a Benson episode. <laughs> I delivered the child. Uh, Robert Guillaume came in. It was it was crazy, but that's why she Krause, named her. get some towels. Yeah. And that's why her, her first daughter is named... Federica, because um, I was there. Oh my god! No, she she's stunningly beautiful. I mean, yeah. one of the most beautiful people I've ever been in close proximity to. But there's she's me, uh, then there's her. Exactly, and it's it's really it's really just you. Thank you. When when you put the two of you together, thank you. But she's wonderful, and I thought when it first started, I was enjoying it. I'm like, oh, this is sort of like a Rosemary's Baby type thing. Yeah, I thought it was gonna uh, have a Sixth Sense kind of twist. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, oh, they're all yeah. dead or something. It was, I I thought Gary Sinise was wasted. A lot of people were wasted. Alfre Woodard is in this for four minutes. Yeah, it's ridiculous. She's she's so wonderful and she's wasted. The only thing I wrote is, holy fucking flying Alfre Woodard. (laughs) That, I mean, when that That's the first time you see that effect too, right? That's the first time you see somebody get like, like, what the fuck is going on? I have to say, as she was approaching her, I was like, oh, she's about to get killed. She's going to die. I, like, I, I thought, was like, I she's going to get she's shot or something. Yeah. Yeah. I thought she was going to get shot or beheaded uh, or something. That, that was a cool surprise. that she was going to get yeah. sucked up into space? No. I believe you, Telly. I believe you about everything. I've seen it. It's not human. Jesus Christ. And the children? Yes, everything. 
We'll find them. I promise you that. You hear me? We will find them. You will find yourself. When it finally got to the end, and there's the confrontation with Linus Roach, if you mm -hmm. can call it that, I, I was just trying to understand what's the big experiment. It, it, it seemed like they, these a, these follow. aliens came. He wants to see if the bond between um, mother and daughter can be broken. Mother and, and child, child can be broken. Like yeah. that's what it is. You know, this guy's like, I have to, I, I have to finish the experiment, otherwise, you know, they're going to be pissed at me or whatever he says. Yeah, she's thought, the well, experiment somehow. Well, that's it. You're just. I mean, the parents I are the experiment, which is a weird thing because then the other character who's going through what she's going through is a man. So when he specifically says we're testing the bonds between mothers and children go. and then right. the other person experiencing what she experiences is, is a, a father. father. It's not another sense. woman. It's like, well, is it about parents or is it specifically about mothers? You say mother. But you've got right. Dominic West there, who's going through the same yeah. thing. So it was very. That was very. It, it just seemed like a, it seemed like a strange. You know, at first I'm trying to figure out like, what is this like a metaphor for, for tragedy and grief and going through that and mm. moving on. Yeah. But I just. I, I think I, it is. It, I mean. I think it is too. Hmm. But it just didn't hit me in that way. And when you find out, like I, like I, I said, I'm like, that's that's what the the big alien experiment was. I don't know. Well, what's just, the justification for everything to be reset, though? Like, this is a big spoiler, but everything gets reset at the end, as if none of it ever happened. Yeah, that why was would, strange, why would too. That, why would that be the upshot of what happens in the movie? I if, don't If it's know. about what you're saying it's about. Because I this don't is like, know. And magically, everything's back to normal. And I was it, like, okay, I'm glad that she's with her son again. But I think, uh, it's, no. I think it's just to get them together. I think it's like if he failed, if she, if the, he, he couldn't prove that a mother can forget, can be, you know, can forget her child. Programmed then to he's, forget. I guess that's it, right? Like she still remembers the child uh, despite his best efforts. So he, as a minion of whatever this force is, that's like, you know, it's they say like, oh, they've been. It's like probably one of a million experiments being done. They're saying there's actually it's like this long history of of various abductions or or, right. thing, or, yeah. or experiments right. or, or things being done from by aliens or whatever the fuck is happening in this movie. I that, uh, you know I what I mean? Know. That like has been going on for decades. And I don't think it's this one experiment. Yeah. I think this is just one of a gajillion experiments. And they're just trying different things and seeing how the human yeah. psyche reacts to different kinds of trauma and what you can can, you know, can can we abduct people and 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 break that bond and have people truly forget them? Can we successfully do that? If they can, then I guess there's an upshot for the. I'm going to say aliens because I assume that's what they are supposed I think to be. They are. It, yeah, you know, then it's like then the aliens have a different level of access and ease with which they can take people or or experiment on them or. Uh, observe them because the people left behind don't retain the memory. I, I don't know, but I guess that's what it's supposed to be. So the reset is there simply to give us the happy ending of the kids are back with their, they're alive and they're back with their parents, I guess. There are worse things than forgetting. No, there aren't. You need to. Yeah. 
do you think it's weird that know. somebody in a Hollywood pitch room before this movie said, okay, great idea. Rabbit hole meets close encounters, you know, <laughs> or rabbit hole meets, uh, yeah. V, you know what I mean? Remember V? Mm-hmm. Like, oh. It's like, it's like, do I remember V? That's what this movie needed was a little more Mark Singer. Mark Singer. If Mark you can Singer see what and I Michael hear. Ironside. Now if you're you talking. you can see what I hear. I love that movie with Shari Belafonte. <gasps> Chanel number five. <laughs> can we just talk about, can we move on from the forgotten and just talk about if you could see what I hear? If can we just talk about Mark Singer movies? I, okay, you got Beastmaster. If you could see what I hear, Beastmaster and V and V the final battle. Oh God, V was so okay? good. So this is V on. meets Rabbit Hole. Yeah. Listen, Jason, you can't complain. You didn't even watch the first fucking movie. <laughs> I watched 90% of the first movie. So this movie is very much a product of two things. It's a product of, it's five years after Sixth Sense. So it's still the residue of like all these movies that still have have that sure. kind of feeling of like you know okay. like creepy okay. stories of like what's the twist what's the thing what's the big you know right the big question mark what's the big reveal in these movies about you know um the afterlife and children and all this stuff so i think it has a very sixth sensey vibe but mm-hmm. it's also and this is true of all three of these movies this week and you can feel it this is and you know this is just because this happens to be the weekend we're we're observing but this is our it's our first weekend in the aughts right but it's also the first weekend post 9-11 these movies are all influenced by the residue of 9-11 as we know like the whole decades worth of movies and even today Absolutely. we're still feeling oh my god the, the, but there's I, that post 9-11 anxiety it, in all this post 9-11 anxiety yeah. the fact oh, that it's wow. a, it plays on is there any mistake that the whole thing takes place across from lower manhattan i don't think so uh, i mm. think i think yeah, the fact right. that it's about a plane disaster of some sort that it's about you know you say it is like a, a meditation on on trauma and loss and healing and letting go and 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 uh, and losing loved ones and and yes even though children didn't make up the majority of the people we lost on 9-11 certainly the idea of like this like a plane tragedy is is huge i i just think there's a lot about the film that is just part of that 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 anxiety that post 9-11 anxiety and wanting to explain it conspiracy theories and wanting to be able to explain it. Yes. Like you, you yeah. wanting to have a, there needs to be, you know, I, I wrote down something that says how, how we deal with the unthinkable, the unimaginable. And uh, Shaun of the Dead deals with it with humor. First Daughter deals with it with fantasy. I mean, first of all, it's like, it's this little romantic fairy tale fantasy, but, but even 9-11 even creeps into that. There are moments where Keaton is talking to her and being like, look, it's a different world now. You know, you can't, we can't let our guard down the way we used to be able to. But, and there's that, even in this little fantasy that Forrest Whitaker directed with a, mm. a fairy tale opening and closing. It's still like this idea of terrorism uh, is a, a thread in there. It's very faint, but you do mm-hmm. have that kind of post 9-11 thing that you have to deal with even in a movie like First Daughter. And then in The Forgotten, it's uh, it's denial. How we, you know, like like not not accepting the loss, not You're that there has to be a right. greater purpose mm. to the loss or there has to be a reason or or if we could turn back time, if it could be explained away, if we could get our loved ones back, you know, there's um 
So there's some, no, yeah. you're right. I, I, I didn't wow. think, like I said, I thought, I thought wow. of that with Shaun of the Dead. It mm-hmm. was very, for some reason with that movie, it was very apparent to me that, oh, this is post 9-11. And that's what, you know what, th- there's- And it's even more in potent a different now way. with COVID, you well, know, but yeah, we'll talk totally. about that in a minute. God, but yeah. I, I didn't oh, even boy. think about that with The Forgotten, of, mm-hmm. of, of course, that totally makes sense what you're saying. So yeah, that's literally what I think people getting sucked out of the sky and all yeah. that. Oh my God. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think of that. Boy, oh boy. It, it's interesting. Now I'm thinking about it in a, in a much- different light with the whole post 9-11 thing which mm. I, I don't know why that wasn't in my head when i was watching it but just yeah. it makes complete sense it was almost like one of those it was like a twilight zone episode but it was one of the twilight right. zone episodes that you're like eh, that was okay where at the end they're like <laughs> ah we're do we're, you know we're, we're doing our grand experiment yeah um, well it's like you know <laughs> there's somebody says the line man. at one point exactly yeah says the the truth won't fit in your brain and we and that's what we say about conspiracy theories is that when when something's too horrible we don't want to believe that it just could happen there has to be some bigger there has to be some bigger reason it has to be explainable somehow we have to get our heads wrapped around it whether it's the kennedy assassination or 9-11 sure. or any any number of things and so, but this is really painting, you know, and, and it also, this is years before that horrible tragedy, but it kept making me think of Sandy Hook too. So this is not a reflection on oh, Sandy Jesus. Hook, but it, mm. it, it, Sandy Hook Could happened. Have been. The, the echoes of what happened in real life four years later, right. then I reflected oh. on that during this movie as well. And I, I thought, you know, the thing about this movie is it's like, it's all like, it's, it's that a, there are conspiracy theories for Everything. Well, that's and fine. It's and like I how think we get what... the Alex Joneses of the world is like. Yeah. Right, but like I guess my problem. A, that's where I was a, going a toxic in influence in a way. But my so problem much. with it, I guess, was that makes sense and that's completely valid. But then it just doesn't. It doesn't stay the course when you get to the end. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Conspi- you're like, right. wait, what? What was it though? What? What was the whole thing? It, yeah, and, it fizzled out. Speaking of getting sucked into a big gaping hole, uh, I had some stuff in my mailbag over here. <laughs> oh, do you want to? Do you want to Sheila it first? Do you want to uh, read it? That's yeah, good. I'm ready. Three Sheilas. Three Sheilas. <laughs> you can't just give everything three. It's, Shut there's, up, there's, Dan. There's, I'm giving it three Sheilas. <laughs> giving it three Sheilas. Yeah, yes. what, 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 what am I going to do? What am I going to? I'm going to give it more than that. Why? Julianne Moore was really good, but I mean. Eh, I'm you're 3.5. <laughs> you're 3.5. You're I'm 4.5. Yes. You're 4.5. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you like first daughter better than this? No. What did I say for first daughter? Did I, oh, we never got to my Sheila's. For first oh, daughter. go ahead. What's first daughter? I give you it like, can't, can, like. I can. I can. can. You really give it to Sheila. <laughs> How much happened after after she went on the campaign trail with her father, and then he so wins much. the he wins the election, and then they dance at the inauguration, and then Michael Keaton says, "Hey, look over there. There's that guy you were boning." And then the guy she was boning <laughs> comes and gives her the keys to her car and she drives off into the sky like at the end of Greece. I seen it. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. She gets sucked into the sky. She gets aliens. sucked into the sky. Yeah. yeah. All right. So maybe I'm not, a, I, I give it, uh, I give that uh, two, 2.5 for first daughter. You like the but forgotten this, better than first daughter. I li- yes. Yes. Much more. Much yeah, more. I, oh yeah. I like that. I thought it was much more. I like first daughter better. Interesting. Not what did I good. give first order? Three and a half? You gave it three and a half. So you, right, so you liked it exactly it. the same. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give this three. Great. So there we go. <laughs> Run out. <laughs> Fred, what's what's aching to get out of your sack? <laughs> <laughs> 
so much. Well, uh, no, we got some. We 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 got a lot of responses to what was our back to school episode? Balderdash. Yeah, believe That was uh, that was episode number sixteen. If you go to the Spotify or the iTunes or the Transistor when you listen and subscribe to Opening Weekend Podcast, mm-hmm. but that was our back to school episode. We did Zapped and Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and then we talked. We compiled our top ten lists of our favorite. Uh, movies that take place in schools, and a lot of people wrote in. So I thought I would I would please reveal some of their picks. Please do. We had a few people are asking about Dead Poet Society. Not right. a good movie. That's why it wasn't on. Well, <gasps> kidding. You don't like it? I, I've seen it once. I saw it in the movie theater back oh, in 1989. Okay. So I don't remember. That was actually on my teasing. short list. Yeah, that was from uh, our, our listeners Damon and and Jonas. Who were uh, big big fans of the podcast mm-hmm. and 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 very loyal listeners. They both mentioned Dead Poet Society. Uh, I enjoy uh, the uh, Robert Sean Sean Patrick La- Robert. What's his name? Sean Leonard Patrick. <laughs> pa- Brian Leonard Sean Leonard Patrick Robert Sean Stewart. Patrick Patrick Stewart and Leonard, Leonard Sean Patrick. He's very That's good. That's it. We had let's see. Damon good. also mentioned Perks of Being a Wallflower. Better Off Dead, I which like, I love. I do like right. Better Off Dead. I want my two dollars. And and a fantastic movie, which I, I need to rewatch because I've never seen the whole thing straight through. Brick, which I thought was a really I don't interesting. I've never seen I don't Brick. know that at all. What is it? Joseph Gordon Levitt, and it's sort of oh. like a film noir. Oh. Jonas, who I mentioned before, he mentioned yeah, the Poet Society, he said Goodwill Hunting, School Ties, Real Genius. Oh, yeah, these are that all That was good. on my short list. These too. are all good. Never uh, seen Real then, Genius. Oh, that was, I mm-hmm. saw that on a double feature. I saw Real Genius and Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Yes, same day. That's right. You told me feature, that. Yeah. Nice. Fantastic. And then uh, two of our listeners, Andy Wells and uh, Tim Orenko, mentioned, they both mentioned American Graffiti yes. and The Last Picture Show. Yes, both and classics. Tim mentioned, he said, he said, this was great. He said, if Lucas never made Star Wars, we'd still be talking about him. American Graffiti mm. is one of the greatest examples of an ensemble actually capturing a time and a place with such specificity that it actually resonates. It's a film that glorifies the details of life that are often discarded as insignificant, but they are, in fact, the things we remember. Which is great, great. which I, you know, I think sums up a lot of the movies. I've never seen American Graffiti. I gotta say, I've only seen more American Graffiti. No, I never saw more American (laughs) Graffiti. (laughs) I've seen a lot of Happy Days, a lot of Happy Days, and I count that as having seen American Graffiti. Yeah, that and Laverne and Shirley. I feel like if I've seen if I've seen enough Ron Howard and Cindy Williams in other other media, other projects, yeah. Then it's fine. One of our listeners, Dan Kuhn, who wrote in last week about uh, The Sixth Sense, mentioned a movie that, again, I was debating putting on my list, but I felt a little icky about it. But it is a great, although disturbing, high school movie. K-Pax? Elephant. Oh, Elephant. <laughs> K-Pax. Oh. <laughs> Gus Van Zandt's Elephant. I, uh, I don't know about that. this movie. What is the story on this movie? Oh, this is a hard oh, is movie it, is to watch. Is it Columbine related? It's Columbine. Oh, it's yeah. basically Columbine. Columbine. Thing. Oh, yes, I do yeah. know about this. And okay. it's almost like a documentary. It, it's, uh, right. it's, it's tough yeah. to watch. I don't need to see that. But it is, it's pretty brilliant. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's. What's your favorite back to school movie, Elephant? Okay. <laughs> you don't need, you can do remote learning. <laughs> this year. Remote I really want to come back. <laughs> I'll tell you everything I learned from watching Elephant. 
<laughs> thank you to all our listeners. Yes, thank for you. Yes, thank writing you very in. much. And keep keep the comments coming. We appreciate all your support. Uh, we love you. Keep keep doing it. Keep doing it. That's great. That's you great. got anything in your mail sack there, Dan? I do. Jason, I do, I do anything just, in the mail sack? I do no, just have my, one. My sack is dry. Empty. And empty. <laughs> um, let me just pull this one out. Okay, there we go. Oh, uh, yeah. New, another letter from Sheila and the squad. They're calling themselves ah, now. Sheila sh- and the squad. Sh- sh- Sheila and the squad. The squad. Uh, they, they are, uh, you know, she does sign it Ruthless Buzzy, but she she's our Sheila. And uh, she says, we're in Seaside Heights, New Jersey. Al has a house here. Um, it's <laughs> the last beach, last viable beach weekend of the season. So we're all hanging out. Uh, we're going to do a couple of shows on the beach um, with the uh, with the uh, festival Hello, of an- anomalies festival. or an oddities, whatever the hell they are. Oddities. Yeah. And uh, and um, the still foot ma- meat festival, the foot meat festival, 06, 010, 20. And they're going to uh, do that on the beach over in Seaside Heights. And uh, she's saying we still have movie night every week. It was Geppetto's turn to pick the movie. He picked uh, First Daughter, and they had a great time. They were all blown away by the ending, which they're very disappointed that you missed it, Jason. Now, I don't uh, know how they could have right. known that you missed it and still written the letter in time. That's okay. But uh, they were very... They, they, see, they very, see us when we're sleeping. They know when we're awake. <laughs> they know if we've been bad or good. Uh, uh, and Japan. uh they're, you know they're 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 having it it seems like they're having a really blissful time and she just and she's so says, heartwarming it really is they've turned a corner on this they've turned a corner so and you know eustace is there keeping an eye he's providing uh-huh. security well this is great news i'm so happy to hear about the whole squad they, yeah. they're they're really thriving they're not just surviving they're thriving <laughs> they're thriving and she says love and respect ruthless buzzy and then there's a paw print from Adam at the bottom. So, um, who had beautiful. some pretty good ideas for uh, for new businesses uh, last week. So he still has dreams, as we well, know. That is a, that's that's a little slice of fried gold right there. That's right. That's right. I think that whole movie is a little slice of fried gold. Me too. So we're going to talk about it right now. Shaun of the Dead. Do you ever think modern life is not for you? the same dead-end job every day. There's no I in team, but there is an I in pie. In There's an I in meat pie. So the anagram of meat is team. I don't know. Is your love life dying on its feet? It's your wonderful mom. Oh. Have you ever felt that you're turning into a zombie? Destroying the brain. Look at the head. Purple rain. No. Sign of the Sun. Definitely not. The Batman soundtrack. Throw it. The biggest zombie comedy in British history is invading America. Simon Pegg is Sean, a 29-year-old with no real ambition in life, much to the consternation of his friends, family, and fed-up girlfriend, Liz, played by Kate Ashfield, who wishes desperately for Sean to grow up and become a man. However, when a mysterious virus causes flesh-hungry zombies to rise from the dead in large numbers around modern-day London, Sean must come to the rescue of Liz, their friends, and his mother Barbara, played by Penelope Wilton, before all hell breaks loose. 
with his loyal but lazy friend Ed, played by Nick Frost, at his side to fight the good fight, Sean takes on the first real challenge in his life with a blood-spattered cricket bat in his hand. Sean initially opened in the UK in April of 2004, but September 24th marked the film's American premiere, and Edgar Wright's comedy classic, the first of his Peg and Frost-led Cornetto trilogy, as it's come to be known, earned $3.3 million in its first weekend, on its way to a North American total of $13.5 million and a worldwide haul of $30 million. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think of Shaun of the Dead? I love it. This movie's so goddamn fun. If you haven't seen it, stop listening, go watch it, then come back. Yeah. It's so it's good. I think it's, it's perfect. really the, uh, there's one moment that we'll, we'll get to where maybe it brings it. I, I would say, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be the second week in a row that I give something 10 Sheila's. There's one moment that brings it just slightly down for me, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a blast. It's so fucking funny. I love how it's filmed i love the style of it the smash cuts how you know the transitions that's like his his thing that he uses in all these movies with these fast smash cut uh yeah and just of the most mundane things mm-hmm. ever you know brushing the teeth you know the toilet yeah it's great and it's it's so god they their interplay peg and frost is fucking gorgeous this dynamite it's it's just hysterical they're so good together and i just love they do so well with the genre films they do it with hot fuzz as well yeah Mm -hmm. they're so good at riding that fine line between comedy and horror or comedy and the the action uh buddy cop movies that they do in hot fuzz i it's dan said it very well in another episode where he said they both they do a brilliant job of parodying the thing while also very effectively being the thing. Like yeah, this has the scares this. and the shocks of a zombie movie while also yeah. being a brilliant parody of, of and social commentary, of, you know, and, and the same Absolutely. thing is true of Hot Fuzz. And uh, yeah. at, at, uh, the world's end is a different kind of beast, even though it's the third in that trilogy. It's a little, mm-hmm. that's more of a sci-fi yeah. thing. It's a great movie. I love it, but it's uh, it yeah. doesn't fit as neatly into um, a box as these two do. I don't think. And, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, it's, I was right? watching it last night and, you know, and I've seen it several times. I didn't see it when it came out because it's funny. I wasn't, I wasn't a fan. I just sort of missed it. And I was never a fan mm-hmm. of the zombie movie genre. And I got right. into them, not into them, but I started to watch The Walking Dead and I started to read the comic book. And I, the only reason I even started to watch that television show was because I heard that it was adapted from this this comic. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I'll check it out. But I never watched zombie movies. I wasn't a Romero fan. It just wasn't my thing. So I sort of skipped this when it, when it first came out, but I've seen it several times. And so I, when I was rewatching it the other night, I thought, oh, I got to show this to the kids. It's so oh, good. funny. Did they like it? But no, well, I didn't because oh. here's the thing. Did you rewatch it, it and really, you were like, yes, oh, no, it's too I, intense. Yeah. It's too intense because oh, just like you guys said, okay. as much as it is funny and it's like this different yeah. take, it's still a zombie movie. Oh, yeah. And time, th- when yeah. the shit goes down, the shit goes yep. down. Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. And which Absolutely. I think is great, which is what I think elevates it. You know, it's it's a true, and you can see, you know, they love these movies, all the little homages, like the Landis supermarket, you know, there's little mm. uh, tributes yeah. there. Yeah, so good. I didn't notice that. And, 
Yeah, and obviously all the Living Dead movies, yeah. um, Thriller. You know, there's there's so <laughs> many little things dropped in there. Uh, but it's really it's it's those two. It's it's the relationship between those two guys. I mean, it's really it's a love story. It's a love story between those two guys. It kind of is, and it's beautiful. It's I think just it's a, a brilliant crazy. social commentary. I think it, I think you can look yes. at it as like they are like this Abbott and Costello pair who are just like. Like, how do these two bumblefucks not know what's going on? But it seems like so many people don't know what's going on or like just mm -hmm. the way we half listen to news, the way we half consume this stuff, the way we're like, yes, it, to me, it felt very much like the kind of that rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic feel of like the way mm -hmm. life was pretty normal on March 11th or 12th you know here and it's like how big is this what's going on with COVID I mean I know I was still in rehearsals and going out for drinks with people and then all of a sudden 24 hours later it was like oh you you stay six feet apart from each other don't you can't shake right. hands you can't be in the same room mm. you can't do a show right. you can't do it like that there was like this kind of like how bad is this what is this what's happening uh, and then yeah. it's there and you're dealing with like oh shit there's something real here that that society yeah. has to deal with that they don't know how to deal with and there's you in in the news footage you you, you keep hearing things that are like i mean it's just so brilliantly done where it's so subtle where you We're can understand channels how, yeah you can understand where it would just kind of it just goes by the numb haze of like information and noise and we tune things out. That we're almost already zombies. Although no one official is prepared to comment, religious groups are calling it Judgment Day. There's panic on the streets of London. As an increasing number of reports of serious attacks on people who are literally being eaten alive. I was watching it um, kind of, I started watching it early, early uh, in the morning because I tend to get up very early, but I, I, I usually have to watch things with the sound um, down um, quite considerably to because uh, I don't want to wake up my wife. So I watched it with the subtitles on as well, just to make sure I don't miss anything. Mm -hmm. And when you, and that's cheating in a way, because when you have the subtitles on, you see the words of all of the news reports and all of the little snippets of radio and things huh. like that. And, and you're, it's, I say it's cheating because you're not supposed to catch it really. Mm. And that's part of what you guys are talking about is the fact mm -hmm. that it's going by and you don't even know that you're supposed to be listening to it, but it all is meaningful. All of it. Mm -hmm. And he, and when he goes into the store and sees the newspapers, there is something, I paused it at that moment because I wanted to see what every fucking newspaper yeah. said. Now, if you're seeing this in the theater, yeah. that happens instantaneously. You get a little glimpse of those papers. And if you catch maybe one headline, it's boom, you're, you're, you're done. And there's no way you're going to, you're going to catch them all, but they all say something very, very, um, um, you know, important about the, the situation mm -hmm. that's going on and how people are reacting to it. So that's, in other words, the way that the movie, it's form meets function, right? The way that the movie is playing out is making you into one of the people who doesn't know enough. Yes. Uh, just like, just like Sean is. And so that is a really cool way that the thing is playing out. And as far as everyone already being zombies, that opening sequence is, is absolutely brilliant because that's that's, brilliant. that's the biggest nod to Romero I think in the whole thing is because that was his whole sure. thing with Dawn of the Dead mm -hmm. you know was that um the original Dawn of the Dead that not the Zack Snyder one has its has its merits but but the original the Romero one the whole thing is social commentary because where do the where do the zombies go the mall the mall mm -hmm. they yeah. retreat into the thing that they're comfortable doing which is you know sort of shambling through a mall and 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 pick 
picking through clothes, even though they're not really doing, they're just kind of, uh, they're doing it as zombies. And that's what he's saying. We all, he's, he's basically saying, Hey folks, we're already there. And yeah. I think this yeah. movie is doing that brilliantly. I am a Romero fan. I love all those zombie movies. Um, and I love the 28 days later movies and I love uh, uh, walking dead as well. And we would be remiss in saying if we didn't mention that Fred is the narrator of the Walking Dead uh, audiobooks series. So go and, uh, go yes, and get yes, those. Yes. Award-winning narrator of those. My friend Nick and I would watch uh, uh, the original black and white um, uh, Night of the Living, Night of the Living Dead, yeah. which is so great because that's where that line that he says, we're coming to get you, Barbara. That's from that because they because oh. the brother says, we're coming to get you. Oh, they're coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, like he's teasing oh, her. And of course, so he's funny. the first one that gets eaten. And it's really cool and that's the that when, when nick frost's character says we're coming to get you barbara like really meaning it that's a nod to romero and there are so oh, many other nods terrible. to romero in this thing and they really mm. are doing it um in a, in a very loving uh uh and homage type way right we take pete's car we drive over to mom's we go in we take care of philip i'm so sorry philip then we grab mom we go over to liz's place Hold up, have a cup of tea, and wait for all this to blow over. Why have we got to go to Lizzie's? Because we do. She dumped you. I have to know if she's all right. Why? Because I love her. All right, gay. God, Simon Pegg is a fantastic actor. He's really great. He's so good. It wouldn't work if he wasn't so good. Right. I mean, obviously he's hysterical and his timing's great. He's a brilliant he's, actor. And he's a brilliant really, comedian. really good. And those scenes work so well. Yeah, he has, it's, I mean, it's really, you know, it's what you said it was like kind of a love story between him and Nick Frost. I, I don't, I, I, I disagree. I think Nick Frost is a much stronger presence and they're a much stronger team in Hot Fuzz and, and they're obviously so wonderful together. But this is really, it's Sean's story. It's Simon Pegg's story. And it's his relationships with all of those people, the relationship with his girlfriend, his mother, his stepfather is, you might be right, that might be the most potent and moving thing in the movie. Being a father is not easy. What? You were 12 when I met you. Already grown up so much. I just wanted you to be strong and and not give up because you lost your dad. Philip, you don't have to explain. No, I, d I do. I I always loved you, Sean. And I always thought you had it in you to to do well. And you just need motivation, somebody to look up to. And I, I thought it could be me. Just take care of your mom. There's a good boy. You know, there's all these jokes beforehand about like, oh, well, if if my stepfather's been bitten, great. We got to kill him and then we got to get mom and right, move on. Yeah, right. And it's a big punchline. Sure, so and funny. then Simon Pegg is devastated by the loss. He says before, he's not my dad. He's not my dad. And then. He says again, one last time, he's not my dad. And the mother's like, yeah. oh, come on, Sean. And he's like, he was, but he's not anymore. I really think we don't listen to me, Mum. Listen, there's not even your husband in there. Okay? I know it looks like him, but there is nothing of the man you loved in that car now. Nothing. Let's go, shall we? It's so gorgeous. Yeah. So it's real. It's about. It is about him growing up, and it is about all his maturing right. relationships with everybody in his 
everybody of import in his life. And it's just, yeah, the cast is fantastic. Penelope Wilton, Bill Nighy, even the patented Bill Nighy, like, you know, in every movie he's in, he's kind of got like one of these like sudden turns where he just kind of does this pivot on his on his heel and he does this like shift around and he's in the frame it's yes. just a little grace note he does it in love actually he does it yeah, in a million actually, things you yeah. see the trailers for the new uh adaptation of emma and he's in that and he's got little things like that. he just has these little this little hitch yeah and he does it here and it's so effective because the first shot we're expecting him to already be a zombie but he's not yet he's just like this, right. just this he's at the store he's at the you know he hasn't even been bitten yet he's just like just the old man at the store but he's got something about his like gait and the way he's like leaning to one side it's like you say yeah. there's like everybody looks like a fucking zombie in this movie because they're yeah. all just and that's another great aspect of it. just modern day londoners just kind of right. like working sure. class londoners just like getting no. through the day and, he, and that's you're like an, oh that's God. another that's another great aspect of the fact that they play on the fact that you come into the movie knowing it's called Sean of the dead you know yeah. right off they're, they're not hiding there's no big surprise that oh it's a zombie movie yeah, right. you know you're going into a zombie so right from the start they're playing with those tropes yeah. and the expectations yeah, of what right. it should be and it's great and they're so good it, it reminded me actually very much and it, it must have been uh sort of an homage to invasions of the body invasion of the body snatchers mm. where with that movie in the beginning you see things just like in the background things are happening mm-hmm. and that's you know there there's these scenes going on and you know, just in the background, you'll hear an ambulance or you hear the yes. sirens going, yeah, or, right, you know, then right. just think, you know, I mean, there's the obvious ones with like the, the homeless guy in the park eating the pigeon, yeah. but there's oh, even God, more yeah. subtle things, but all throughout the movie, in the beginning of the movie, it's setting it up and you know, and so even like you were talking about with the subtitles watching yeah. the news, like we know watching what's coming and we're just waiting Mm -hmm. when's it gonna drop and it's just the fact you know how they they sort of edit all the sound clips together and we know exactly what it is and it's 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 brilliant how they do that it's so well done i'm i'm with um i understand what fred's saying about you know the uh the relationship between um ed and uh uh and sean because they're they're they're, it is a very sweet and protective and loving relationship he's nurturing that relationship more than he's nurturing the relationship which uh, is the problem with with the girlfriend and yes and that's the problem and i think that's the most brilliant thing the movie does in the in sean's journey of growing up finally is that he has to shuffle that off he's got to shuffle off the dead weight literally of Mm. that Mm -hmm. of that relationship in order to move forward you know Mm -hmm. he's got us like the the other roommate says sort your fucking life out this guy here is dragging you down he's dragging you down and he really truly is and he's gotta he's gotta let go of him and there are several times in the movie where he gets honest to god pissed at the Nick mm-hmm. Frost character, you know, yeah. he get he. You can see them sort of slowly but surely breaking up. Uh, I'm sorry, Sean. Oh God, God, that's not funny. Stop doing it when you stop laughing. There are things that are set up in the beginning. Every single one of them has a payoff. Every single one. When they meet the ex-girlfriend and the other and the other group, you know, and she's and she's like, "Oh, you two are together." 
thank God someone made it, meaning a relationship made yeah, it. Yeah, that was great. Later mm. in the movie, she says that again, thank God someone made mm, it. Yeah. I'm mm. glad someone, meaning made it through this horrible experience. Right. You know, um, the cock it thing. Um, Nick, Nick Frost is always saying, ah, cock it, cock it, meaning yeah. fuck it. And then when they get the, when they get the, the they finally get the shotgun and he right. goes, cock it and and sean goes oh yeah and cocks it and that's how you fire it um the, the farting joke of course you know comes up in the beginning and the end where he's like i'm sorry no i'm sorry there's all these things that get set up and have a payoff and so the level of detail within the script has to be able to not make those things seem cheesy or unearned and they're all fucking earned it's a magic yeah, act this it's movie really amazing I, off. I was reading and, somewhere that they said they, they they really couldn't do any improvising at all because the no. script was so specific because of all those details yep, it's so tight it, it, it's it really such a, it's so visually you're right really. and to edgar wright is such an incredible he's such an incredible director and and there are like you say there uh, there are also these visual patterns and these yes. like long Scorsese like kind of tracking shots of right. Sean and his neighborhood passing by skateboarders and the, yeah. the homeless he guy and everybody. He trips in the same spot. And he trips in the same spot. Yeah. And that's the thing he knows. Like, like there's literally like a dead body next, but he doesn't see that. He, he sees <laughs> right. like the, where he like stepped in the little pothole and, and, yeah. and, and he goes into that convenience store and oh, it's, God. it's the most incredible moment in the movie to me. This, the, I, the most iconic moment of the whole movie yeah. to me is when he goes, he goes and he makes the same journey from yeah. his house to go get a soda at the convenience store. And the second time around after the zombies have come, he opens up that glass case and you see, blood like blood oh, that bloody yeah, hand prints over, yeah. over he doesn't over, notice like four, he doesn't notice him he gets his soda he closes the thing and then he slips this brilliant physical yeah. comedy moment where he just has a little slip where yeah, every day in a convenience store you're like oh shit there's some somebody spilled something he wouldn't think right. twice about it and we know that's a puddle of blood that we can't Absolutely. see exactly. it is so goddamn brilliant yeah edgar wright is um i think he's just a masterful director and i've loved him since I, you know the precursor to this i don't know if you guys have watched it oh, it's a, a television spaced. series called spaced which oh, is I've fan seen a little bit of that yeah fucking tastic it's two right. seasons I have to watch no, it. it's watch amazing it all. all these people are in it along with some others the the um the woman the his friend who says uh glad to see someone made it yeah uh, Jessica she's Stevenson, she's the lead yeah. opposite him in that. Uh, cool. And, uh, the whole series is that relationship, uh, their friendship. And, and Nick Frost is also in it and, and many other actors from Shaun of the Dead and the rest of the Cornetto trilogy show up. But it's Did you catch who her boyfriend was? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, Martin, a, a Freeman. Martin Freeman. Freeman. Yeah, it was a little, it was a little uh, Dawn and Tim reunion yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the woman who played the actress who played Dawn in The Office. From the, yeah, Lucy Davis. Uh, yeah, Lucy Dawn. Davis. Very so cool. that was... That was and they cross by each other either. there, right? They cross there, and and uh, there was speaking the from episodes is uh, in that oh, group. Yeah. The lead from episodes, oh. and also there was a dazed and confused reference in the movie. What? 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 Yeah, when he's climbing out of the uh, the, the sunroof, and, he, and Nick Frost goes, "Watch the leather, the leather. Man. watch the yeah. leather, man." That's great. That's um, great. What else has Edgar Wright directed besides the three Cornetto trilogy movies? Baby Driver is the most uh, notable oh, one, but it's not, Driver, which I okay. like, but I don't love. It's not. I got to see it. It doesn't quite. It, it starts off and you're like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And a lot of people do think it's really fantastic. Mm. I think it kind of wears out its welcome a little bit. It's it's mm. it's it's I don't know. There's something about seeing him with the an all-American cast and none of his 
you know, none of his regular players that, um, I mean, right. he's, I mean, it's great. Spacey's in that John Hamm. Uh, there's a, it's, it's a terrific cast in baby driver and cool. And, and he does such wonderful things with music and soundtracks and, and, and much like Shauna, there's a, an opening where it's like, you're following the main character, baby driver, like, uh, uh, in this kind of like great Scorsese tracking shot uh, that is uh, mm. super, super fun. And just visually his stuff is so great, but that one doesn't quite uh, hit the mark for me the way his London set, you know, his, his, yeah, his, sure. Of course. His, his, and he was his supposed, to do Ant-Man. supposed to do Ant-Man and I still wish was he had, I think he? Ant-Man is fantastic. <gasps> I really think the Ant-Man movies are oh, wow. quite good. I love them, but it would have been so interesting to see what Edgar Wright would have done. It just would have had too oh, much shit. of his stamp on it. He would, Edgar mm. Wright's Ant-Man would feel like all of his other movies, because like I said, baby, <laughs> baby driver does not work for me the same way the Cornetto trilogy does, but hmm. it has hmm. all the hmm. same, just the the editing, the tone, the, style the feel, the music, the style. It is very much his. He's an auteur, and his signature is all over it. And the Marvel okay. Cinematic Universe is not about having a signature from directors. And you right. can have them from the actors. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. can put his stamp. These people can put their stamp on the characters, but you can't put a stamp on. Right. Uh, do you disagree, Fred? I don't think so. I don't think any of those movies has a. Uh, the the MCU has no, a even the, even uh, something Brando's that feels like a directorial signature. Like, yeah, they yeah. all feel like they. I mean, and and that's by design. They have to be able to interlock and feel like they're yeah. all one world. So that some can be funnier. I guess Taika Waititi is the might be. That's the one I was thinking was Ragnarok. But I think it's because yeah, it's so got, yeah, it's a little different. Yeah, out there, and you know, it's it's such a yes. Agreed. And I think Guardians of the Galaxy gets away with that too by being literally in outer space i think space, you you yeah. that buys you yeah. something that you know there's a little currency there that you get to play with that uh then you come back to earth and then you've got to play a little more by the the rules that are set up by right. kevin feige yeah. but uh yeah no i think Edgar Wright's amazing he's amazing the only part of the movie that again yeah, brought it down it from a little a for me and I was so excited because I remember when I first saw it, it was one of my favorite parts is when, when they get to the Winchester mm-hmm. and the don't stop me now scene, Yes, you know, the queen, which is fantastic, but it was right before that. And again, it, it doesn't ruin the movie for me. And, and it, it's also weird too, because it might be, you know, watching it now after watching being so into the walking dead and, you know, there's sort of like this zombie playbook of, you know, what happens in the world of, you know, we all know to kill a zombie, you have to destroy the brain. Right. Like that's just, we, we, there's a playbook that's been set and we know what it is. And that's why it was almost weird, you know, when they are doing that scene, when they're learning how to walk like zombies, mm-hmm. you know, we, <laughs> if you know the walking dead, there's a whole thing now where you can do that, but you yes. also have to be covered, covered in, in like blood gore. and gore. Yeah. So it covers the, the human scent. <laughs> so so I, I kept thinking about that, but it was the, 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 the two moments that, just took me out of it a little bit. And I thought, ah, they could, they could, they, I wish they didn't do that. It was right outside the Winchester. There's that moment where all the zombies are just stopping and staring at them. Yeah. That was a right. little goofy because yeah. like I said, they really, what they do so well is they play the reality so well of, of a 
what a zombie apocalypse would be. Now you can say, yes. okay, these, these are slower movers. They're not the 28 days later no, zombies. No, they're not fast yeah, zombies. These are the classic. Sort of do, you know. Yeah, yeah which, which they play at the end of that. If you notice in the news things, they mention like the raging monkey disease yeah, or right, something. Yeah, raging monkey virus yeah, has, like, is, no, not it's not the, is not the uh, cause. Yeah. yeah, it's very funny. So, you know, they, they obviously <laughs> go with the idea of very slow moving zombies, sure. which works. A la Romero, the, yeah. Exactly. But just that, the, the scene where they all, they're all just stopping and staring just sort of took me out and suddenly that mm. seemed to be that was like all right we're going to give a big comic moment and then also once yeah. they get in and they start to do the don't stop me now moment which i think is brilliant it's just <laughs> how they're hitting the owner and they're doing it in a choreographed way yeah it was i like it 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 got like a little silly for me and I thought, well, they know they have to hit him in the head. So this is just, oh, right. and I think it could have been just as effective if that song was playing and there was just fucking carnage and they're just bashing his head. And like, to me, that would have been more effective. So that was, no, the I loved it. I thought it was funny how, how everything, when you really watch it, it was so to the rhythm of the song. Yeah, I didn't like, like the that. lights I going thought on that and was, off, everything. I thought it was very I funny. I thought that was good. I just thought, again, it, it was you're 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 so good at playing the reality of everything what's yeah. going on this just seems silly this i really seems thought like it was like a skit i thought it was like more about like that old man can't be hit that like if we want to hit him that many times we have to do it which is a, a compromise that is like actor, that, yeah. that, that shows the seams on the movie right. but because i was thinking i was like is it that it's like be careful with this old guy who <laughs> we're like hitting a hundred times like a pinata yeah. in this sure. scene. Or b- yeah. bring, in, bring in some of the other members of the bar. You know, yeah, there are other sure. people like in the beginning when they're looking at all those people, like throw some more zombies into there. Sure. That was the only moment that I thought, yeah. well, that that seemed silly. Everything else was so real. That'll Even keep it from like, a 10 for you? Yeah. Wow. The zombies have a little bit, and this is very Dawn of the Dead, the zombies have a little bit of a sense of who they were. You know, Bill Nye shutting off the radio. Penelope Mm -hmm. Wilton's character Mm -hmm. looking at Sean sort of wistfully before turning to the, um, what's his name? I always, I never catch his name, Daphs. Da- right, but they, she calls him Daffs, right? But it's David. She, he, she, the you guy know, who gets he, torn to shreds. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like Harry Potter. Um, he, yeah, she, she he turns to, she turns to him and growls, you know. So she knows he's the enemy. <laughs> There's little wisps of memory that are still, and that's why the zombies are also still, you know, the kid kicks the soccer ball because he does it. You know what sure. I mean? There, there are still things that they do that are, like I say, it's very Dawn of the Dead. Romero going to the mall. But um, Mm. I think that's what they're playing with there, Fred, in that moment where he's like, hey, hey, over here, where he stuns them all and they all stop. You know, I think that's what they're playing with there. But I think they stop before that, though. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. They stop before that because they have the whole conversation where Nick Frost gets the phone call. Yeah, that's very funny. funny. Because he's he's selling weed. Again, it didn't didn't ruin the movie. No, no, no. I think they're they're asking a lot of us as far as the, you're right, as far as pushing the envelope of the reality. They dropped the integrity of what they were doing with those two moments. Yeah. I don't. I feel like they earned it. I think they earned something like to be silly there and whatever, especially with what's going to come with the mother that 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 
oh, gut God, punch, yeah. and then and then like your big zombie moment of them tearing the guy that everybody hates, apart, which is horrifying, which is incredible. So it's like you know, yeah, they're, it's you know they're kind of bouncing yeah. up uh, around and trying to keep the balance of comedy. And they're also, I mean, it is still you know. They still go back to the sort of the we talked about them before the Marx Brothers thing of this is a bit setup, you know what I mean? And if and if right, you were it, and if you were wondering whether it was a bit setup, we're actually going to have the other guy work the lights of this concert, this choreographed mm-hmm. concert video, and have the lights going like it's an actual disco, you know? If that's if, fine, if, if, I just you know. wanted it to be. Yeah. It, it just no, seemed I know what too, you mean. Yeah, it was like here's the bit. I think they yes. could have done it. Yes, and just taken it as. Slightly bit further, yep. a little more realism there, like they were doing with the rest. Yep. And again, didn't didn't ruin the movie for me, but yeah. I just thought it was a, it was a bit of a wasted opportunity. Yeah. Because with that song playing in the background, <laughs> it's such a great thing to have. You know, to, yeah. the juxtaposition of, of this happy go lucky fun song going on, <laughs> and then just all this fucking horror unfolding around them. Yeah. Speaking wow. of music, that scene where they're throwing the records is I was howling where they're discussing no. what to throw Jason, yeah, are you yeah, yeah, offended yeah. that they threw the batman soundtrack without no, even giving it a second thought well i think if, if you're going through prince albums and you're trying to save <laughs> your favorites yeah i mean i think the, batman the prince soundtrack, batman soundtrack it. is quite underrated it's actually quite a good album but it's a classic uh, joke from that movie it's great i was just gonna say I think, you know, that scene is similar where it's like that there's two zombies in the backyard and they're like, well, which record to throw? So, I mean, I think it's, I think that's, <laughs> that's all in the same vein of what's, that's course. a bit too. Yeah. And it's very yeah. fun. Of course, you know, the stakes are, you know, it's just two zombies. It's the first time they're meeting zombies and they're like, right. what the fuck's happening? So it's a lighter tone there than when of we course. get to the, uh, the Winchester. I'm a full 10. <gasps> You're a full 10? 10 I, was, I, I, I go 9.5. And I too will go nine point seven five. Oh, no, <laughs> you always got to tell me. You always got to no, be. No, I'll go nine point five. Nine point nine. Sheila's and as usual, a stack of <laughs> pancakes. Um, I got nine Sheila's and a baby blue Barry Bostwick Mega Force bandana. Yeah, I'll bring it up to nine point five for no, me. No, this is my first ten. Oh, this is my first ten. Well, you guys so, both gave seven. 10 last week we yeah. did you did I and i gave it 9.5 and i'm yeah this one yeah. this will get my 10 but but uh, we were we do have some movies for maybe we can do this tonight or on a future one but we can we can look back at because we weren't always doing the sheila scale so i think it's fair to say that like raiders <gasps> of the lost ark is a 10 you know what i mean that's a 10 for me easily raiders that's yeah. very true since you know, uh, uh i'm sure gremlins is gremlins a 10 for you jay for mm-hmm. you know um, and so there are probably other ones from before the Sheila scale that That's we, would, ha- we would have given 10. Uh, yeah, we'll have to, to do that. We'll have to do a reappraisal. I'll have to see what week we started the Sheila's, yes. which might have only been like Ghost. Was that the first year, the first week that we did it? I don't know. You might be right. I got to check. Long time listeners, help us out here. Yeah, yeah. help us, us out here. Help us with the I Sheila f- scale. I feel like it was maybe the, the Ghost. Sheila's. I feel like it was maybe the Ghost in Quick Change uh, week. It was the first oh, time we yeah. did Sheila's, but I might oh, be wrong. Yeah. I might be wrong, Bennett. I might be wrong. And see, look, this is what happens when you're a longtime listener. Maybe you'll have a rating system named after you, too, just like Sheila. How many many Damons do we give uh, (laughs) whatever we're doing next week? What are we doing next week? Uh, Next week, we are uh, going back to the 80s. We're looking back to October 4th. 
1985 and uh, and a movie that I know is going to give all of us great pleasure, although I've only seen it once on TV at our old apartment, Dan, at like <gasps> two in the morning with you and Jeremy and Bob, and we were just making fun of it. But I never saw it in the 80s. We never saw it on video when I was a kid. Commando, starring yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger yes. and Alyssa Milano, right? Yes, uh, yes that opened October 4th, 1985. Uh, it, was, uh, it also came to theaters alongside Jagged Edge, starring Glenn Close and I believe Jeff Bridges. And yeah. Sweet Dreams, which I believe is the the, uh, the Patsy, Patsy Klein biopic with Jessica Lange and Ed Harris. Oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a good week next week, yes. or a fun nostalgic week. Um, yeah, so that's next week on opening oh, weekend. That's great. And that's going to be episode 20, right? That will 20. be our 20th <gasps> episode. On We're going to let off some steam. <laughs> let off some steam for our twentieth episode. Dan, you got anything to take us out with? I was thinking about uh, uh, a little uh, in honor of uh, first daughter, and in honor of how much the Arthropod Squad enjoyed themselves watching it. Do a little bit of hail to the chief, <laughs> huh? In honor of good presidents, let's put it that way, like Michael <laughs> Keaton. Bravo. Yeah, like Michael Keaton and others. This is a fun one. Michael Keaton's hairpiece was the star of First Daughter, I'd say. Was that, that was, a hairpiece? Hair oh, come on. Yes, <laughs> we have a little. Yes, uh, yes. with hearing that whenever our current president takes the stage that's okay i could hear them kind of fart him into a room or something sound of shit dripping down someone's leg as that squeaked out i love it take care everybody we'll see you next week on opening weekend the Opening Weekend Podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan Matisa, with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman. Additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff. Thank you for listening. Thank you.